Welcome to Reach, your platform to connect with other executive assistants and acquire game-changing knowledge and perspective. Reach is designed to inspire your workday, guide you through pivotal moments in your career, and transform you into the executive assistant you've always wanted to be. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Reach. This is your host, Jessica Van, founder and CEO of Maven Recruiting Group. And today I have Autumn Hurd, Senior Executive Business Partner at Medallia, in the studio with me. Welcome, Autumn. Thank you. I'm excited to be here. Thank you. We're really excited to have you. Appreciate you making the time for this. Autumn, in her current role, supports the Chief Revenue Officer and SVP of North American Sales. Autumn has been with Medallia for over six and a half years and started her career first off in operations, later moving into event planning, and eventually became an executive assistant. It's actually one of our listeners who recommended Autumn for the podcast, so I do want you guys to know that we review and look at your comments and emails, so please do send them. Um, which is just a testament to the fact that this really is an, an interactive community. Uh, so it was one of our listeners who recommended Autumn and who has uh, known Autumn and worked with Autumn in a mentorship capacity for many years and um, suggested her for this topic. And um, the topic specifically that we're going to be delving into today is really around the theme of mentorship. Um, why is it important to seek mentorship uh, as an executive assistant and an evolving executive assistant? Uh, what are typical things or topics that Autumn uh, often confronts or gets asked about in terms of advice? So we're going to delve into a couple of what I think are um, some of the kind of common challenges that someone might want some mentoring or advice on. So mentorship is something that Autumn is really passionate about. She currently manages a team of three admins at Medallia, but as mentioned, has helped mentor, train, and develop many administrative professionals over the years. So she's going to be mentoring all of us today with different things like how to prepare for a performance review, how to ask for feedback, how to provide support that really aligns to your executive's goals, and also how to negotiate the salary you want and deserve. That's probably the hottest topic of all. Um, so to get us started... Um, I'd love to just hear from you about, you know, have you always been a mentor and did that identity grow out of your current role at Medallia where you're officially responsible for a team of admins or has there always been a part of you that's sought out and enjoyed um, the responsibility of mentoring others? Yeah. First, I want to say thank you for having me on. I'm very excited. Um, and to answer your question, I think uh, it naturally grew out of the desire to be a teacher when I was young. If you would have asked me when I was like five or six, you know, what do you want to do? And I would always say, I want to be a teacher. Uh, and I found myself interested as I went through my career in how to stay engaged with what I was doing, uh, as well as just personal growth. And it, and it kind of just stemmed from there, from what I learned to be able to pass on to other folks. As somebody that's mentored others and seen a lot of people uh, who are ramping up in their EA careers, what do you think are the most common kind of issues or concerns or things, topics that administrative mentees come to you with? I feel like uh, the, the most common question that somebody comes to me with is, is how and where 
to start when it comes to a razor promotion. You know, everyone wants more money. Everyone wants to, to move up in their career. And I always start with like, just don't overthink it. It, it starts with, you know, very basically just take the job description from when you were hired, grab if there's other job descriptions, say you're an administrative assistant and maybe there's job descriptions that go all the way up to senior uh, executive assistant. You take those, you highlight all the differences from one position to the next. Uh, once you have those laid out, you can figure out a plan. And you can say, like, if I'm an administrative assistant, what what are the gaps from going from there to executive assistant? You know, a lot of folks tend to think you need to, you know, move a mountain or take on all these large projects to secure a promotion or a raise. And I think it's nice. It definitely won't hurt. But I think it's it's quite the opposite. It, it's the many consistent actions that will get you there. Um, and also, don't be afraid to make a mistake. I think that's kind of also... A, a little misnomer there. And, and you want to be able to show the growth and what you've learned. So mistakes are actually perfectly natural throughout the process. So um, we're, we're, we're jumping right into the thick yeah. of it. And that's, that's great. I love it. <laughs> and I, I think that's kind of like the, the, uh, the real, um, if I had to assume kind of the finale of what our listeners would really want to know about is how do they prepare for and tackle um, a performance review and or a salary negotiation. I think that's something that thwarts, if I had to guess, I mean, I, I think that's probably the one thing that thwarts most of our um, EA listeners. And I think part of it is because, well, I think there's an element of, um, of, of assertiveness and kind of aggressiveness and advocacy that is, comes more naturally to some than others. Right. Yeah. Um, so we're probably not preaching to the people who feel like they're really comfortable in asserting what they need and, and advocating for their value. That's probably not who's going to be most tuned into this conversation. So let's assume it's the person that feels a little bit more meek um, when it comes to asking for these things and kind of working up the, um, the arguments or the kind of um, the case for, for what to say about themselves, but also kind of mustering the confidence and the assurance um, to have that conversation. And there can be a lot of fear, right? Like fear of reprisal, fear of rejection, fear of um, being deemed ungrateful, fear of being deemed um, entitled. You know, there's, there's just a lot that can be wrapped up in it. So um, I'd love to kind of unpack that a little bit with you and get your thoughts on like, first and foremost, you know, like, when is it even appropriate to think about a salary raise, right? Um, what are the things that you should should maybe accomplish first? I mean, can, can you kind of give us some direction on, on just that as far as like the timing piece and where to even start that process? I think the timing is always right. And I, I know that probably sounds like a huge blanket statement, but I don't I don't think it's ever in the wrong to start thinking about when can I get a raise? Or what does that look like? What's the actual process? You know, how, how do I get a promotion? Um, I think folks really need to be prepared um, to show where you've started and where you're currently performing and then where you want to go. I think it should be um, something that's talked about often and it, and it shouldn't really be taken lightly, but it also shouldn't be a surprise either. Nobody wants to get to their performance review and, and spring on their boss like, hey, I deserve a raise. It should be a conversation that should be a little bit more natural and should be happening often. 
And would you recommend that candidate or candidates, employees, um, assistants that they are kind of recording or notating, you know, key milestones or achievements that they have accumulated between the time of their last performance review and the next one, or when they're going to make this ask? Yeah, I think when you are having, I think honestly, the the number one avenue I look at that is through one-on-ones. When mm-hmm. somebody is sitting down with their one-on-one with their their boss or whomever it is, they should say just very openly, hey, I would like to work towards a raise or a promotion or whatever that may be, and then mm-hmm. lay out how you're going to get there. Like, this is what I'm going to work on. This is what I would like to do. Um so that you can prove it out each time you sit down, right? So then you have that natural timeline of every time you sit down to have a one-on-one, mm-hmm. you're reviewing the conversation and saying, hey, you know, we talked about a raise. This is what I would like to do. Here's where I'm at. Mm-hmm. This is the growth I've, I've um, seen since the last time we sat down. Mm-hmm. And here's what I'm still working on. So that it, it shows the pattern, right? It's, it's the lack of surprise that you're trying to go for. I like that. I like the idea of it being a conversation that's had on the on the front end as opposed to on the back end, meaning that it's not a it's not a question of, hey, these are all the things that I've done. These are all the ways that I've stepped up in the last six months or a year, but rather it's hi, this is what I'd like to do. This is where I'd like to see myself both financially and professionally. This is what I'd like to work toward do I have your agreement around these things? Would these things be, you know, of value to you? Would you, would you also um, benefit from me being able to function in these and these and these ways? And if I can demonstrate, you know, my value in these areas, can I have X, right? So I I think it's like, it's the benefit of making them a party to the conversation and to the agreement, as opposed to just kind of saying, I've been doing all of this and now I want to be compensated for it. Um, which is also, you know, it also happens in that way, right? I mean, not not everybody has the benefit of being able to have this conversation proactively. Sometimes you are just, you know, called upon and doing all of these things and your role just sort of morphs organically. Mm-hmm. And then and then sometimes you need to also look backwards, right? And and kind of do it um, in the opposite direction. Yeah, I think if if you feel that you're sitting in a spot where you've done the work, and maybe you were a little bit late to start the conversation. I think it, it can be kind of boiled down to like, where are you currently performing? How, where are you sitting? Mm-hmm. And if you can lay out your specific growth points to validate you wanting a raise, um, growth can be shown in so many different ways, right? It, it doesn't have to be like, hey, I worked on this project or what have you. A lot mm-hmm. of times it's like thought leadership, it's leadership courage, it's decision quality, it's your growth mindset. It's, it's, hey, before I didn't feel comfortable making decisions on your behalf, but this is what I've learned. This is what I've taken from you. And this is how I've implemented it. Mm-hmm. Those are the important pieces that, that, that your executive wants to see and hear for sure. And what about making a specific ask? You know, when you're, when you're giving uh, advice to an EA, do you recommend that they have a concrete ask, you know, as far as I'm looking for X percentage increase, or I'm looking for $10,000, $15,000, whatever the case may be? How do you, how specific do you recommend that they get? And also, 
where do they go to get that information, right? What are their, what, how should they benchmark and what should they benchmark against as far as making that ask? Right. I think a couple of things with the benchmarking, which can, it can be a little tricky. If, if you feel comfortable, you should ask the people that are your peers within your company, you know, Hey, can you, can you share with me? This is what I'm working towards. This is what I'd like to make. Sometimes folks will share it and sometimes they won't, which Kind of, which is a little bit interesting. Um, I think the other thing is you can ask, typically your um, human resources business partner will share what the band is. Mm-hmm. Um, and depending, your boss can also kind of tell you where you're sitting in the band if you don't have that information readily available so that you can kind of make a, a, a gauge decision on where you want to be or where you feel like you should be. I don't think people, I think the one thing that, that makes me cringe is when people apologize for it. <laughs> they mm-hmm. go into the conversation of, oh, I'm, I'm sorry, but I'm, you know, I'm, I really want to grow my career and, and, and that yeah. kind of thing. I think they, you really have to be confident in what it is that you're looking for. And you have to understand, even if it's a no, it may not be a no, you're not going to get 10%, but we can give you eight. Mm-hmm. So, which... Maybe that's fair and you reflect and go, yeah, okay, I'm okay with that. I also, I do slightly encourage folks to kind of go a little bit over what they're actually looking for because with the negotiations, it'll probably land right where you want, mm-hmm. quite frankly. Yeah. But I, I think there's that, as I mentioned before, like there's that fear of, of reprisal or something where they're going to get maybe, you know, not not even just have their ask granted, but could there be kind of a, a downside to even asking? In your opinion and in your experience, do you think there is a downside? I don't think there's a downside. I think it's actually the opposite. It will hurt you long run if we're not asking those questions. You, everyone should know how valued you are within your company. And if you feel like you're working hard, you're putting in the work, there's growth, that you're working on projects, you're going above and beyond, and there's no incentive for that, I would want to know. I would mm-hmm. want to know immediately. So mm-hmm. I think the downside, I, I I don't I don't think that there is one. I think that there's a lot of growth to be had within that conversation. Just approaching the conversation opens up a lot of doors. You know, employers these days, like when I joined Medallia, one of the things that they said is we're looking for people with a growth mindset. We want folks that are going to grow in their role and they want to move forward. So if you're not asking about your own personal growth, that actually could be a ding against you in your uh, performance review. I I think that um, you're absolutely right as far as I, I don't think that there's an actual legitimate concern for any kind of retribution or or anything along those lines. I think that, you know, worst case scenario, you are faced with the response that there's not a budget for it or that, you know, um, it's something that's available, but maybe not available right now, or you have to demonstrate X, Y, and Z before it becomes available. But I think that any kind of fear of retribution is probably not um, really realistic, right? Um, no, I think it's very minimal. I, I think it's very minimal. And I think that the to your point, Autumn, of you know, going through the practice of feeling empowered and also learning where you are on that growth roadmap and and where your employer thinks you are on that growth roadmap is really, really essential to your evolution, right? It's giving you tangible um, 
biomarkers to work toward and, and saying, okay, great. These are the, these are the things that we've now articulated are my, are my growth goals. And these are the things that I can actively work toward. Um, I think that's actually really exciting and empowering to know how you can influence your own progress. Absolutely. I, I think if you're, you know, in the terms of if you're being the business partner that you know you are to your executive, they don't want to lose you. That they're not incentivized to to want to lose somebody that's doing great work. So I, I think that there's no downside at all for someone to engage in the conversation. Yeah. And I think too, just to kind of underscore this as well, I think it's important in the negotiation that you're also leading with your commitment and excitement. Um, I think that it's very, people need to know that you are bought in for the long term to feel inclined to want to, you know, make 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 adjustments for you or go to the mat for you or whatever the case may be. They want to know that you're really invested. And I think leading the conversation with that is really important to offer that that reassurance. Um, you mentioned that you don't recommend somebody starting the conversation with, I'm really sorry, but <laughs> I hate to do this, but <laughs> um, what else would you recommend? I think you've given some good, some good advice for sure on what to do. What else would you recommend not to do? I think that they should be careful about judging themselves against other people within the conversation. I think they need to stick to what they have going on and the, their own individual growth. I think that's sometimes, huge. Yeah, yeah. I think we can sometimes tend to say, oh, well, I have my peer over here. They're doing X, Y, and Z. I'm not really on that level. So maybe I don't deserve a raise. That It's not a fair statement to yourself. Well, and I think too, it's, I wouldn't, if I were on the receiving end of this conversation, I would not want to hear something along the lines of, I know that Laura in, you know, who supports our CFO is making X, Y, and Z. So I think I should be making da, 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 da. That would be a big turnoff to me as well. I think that if you're going to go comparing to anything, compare to yourself, right? Compare right. to, this is where I started you know, when I joined this firm or company, whatever it was, you know, two years ago, this is where I started in terms of what I was doing, what my abilities were, the type of value that I was providing. Here's where I am today. Compare to yourself. That's a fair, that's a fair thing to do, but I would, I would avoid comparing to others. Switching gears a little bit. Um, I think that, you know, as we talked about, salary negotiation is is a big one that I think uh, executive assistants look for advice or mentorship around. Um, what would you? So another thing that I think also comes up a lot is, you know, how to most effectively use one on one time with a boss. And I think that we can we can all agree with the statement that you know, if you're an executive assistant and you're supporting someone it's probably safe to assume that that person's time is highly, highly, highly impacted. That's why they have an executive assistant. They're looking for leverage. They're looking for bandwidth. Um, so being really judicious about what time you take with your executive and how you use it is a key thing, right? You're constantly as an EA optimizing for how can I be more efficient? How can I be more effective? How can I have the best, biggest impact in the least, least amount of time? 
So what would your advice be for how an EA can most effectively use his or her one-on-one time with their boss? And what can they do in advance of a meeting to really prep for that? I would say the first thing is to, which I, I do this too, but you need to ensure your one-on-one is about you and your needs and not totally around what your executive needs. Meaning I shouldn't be spending my one-on-one time uh, having a conversation about maybe their preferences or travel or what they have coming up. That should be a different kind of touch base, right? But I do think it's the perfect time um, to update them on on your path. Like if, if you are focused on a raise or promotion or just growth overall, um, that is the perfect time to to keep that conversation going. And then more importantly, if they have any feedback on, on what you're doing and how you're doing it. Right. Cause at the end of the day, you want to show the growth. Um, and then like specifically on that feedback, which I, I always like get a little sticky around, do not give them this open, this question of, do you have any feedback for me? It's like the roughest thing, right? Because they're going to say, no, you're doing a great job. Really should be like pointed. Like Mm -hmm. I'm working on this project. Here's my thoughts. I would love to hear your thoughts on how I'm approaching this or something like, what concerns do you have about me working on this project? Those are great conversation starters that will lead into, you know, maybe your, your behaviors are right on par. It's exactly what people are looking for. But if they have to answer a question around like, what concerns do you have about me working on this project? Maybe that opens up something, a different conversation around what I could be doing or maybe mm-hmm. what I should be doing, mm-hmm. which is more impactful than, you know, do you have any feedback? That's a that's kind of like a tough one to be sprung on. Yeah, I agree. It's it's you're kind of like grasping at air at that point. Um, it's just it's too broad. But for instance, if somebody if you've just let's say you just, you know, planned the all hands meeting, and it was the first time that you did it. And um, you, you're you're wanting to do a little bit of a post, you know, a postmortem with your executive on that and saying, hey, you know, I'd love some feedback on how that meeting went. Can you give me any input on, you know, the flow, the structure? Did, did it feel like we had enough time to address X, Y, and Z? I, I think like it, it's a lot easier to answer a question that's more bookended. Yeah, that one's very specific. And I think that that's a great example. Although I would take it one step further to show your growth and to say, here were my thoughts on what I would change about this. Mm-hmm. And I would love to get your thoughts on it so that you're showing that you already see what they're seeing. Yeah. Feel and that trust in the, in the, in what you have going for them. Yeah. And that you've reflected. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That, that makes a lot of sense. Um, what are the things that, that your administrative, the administrative team that you, that you manage, what are the things that they typically bubble up and, and, you know, want or require input on? Hmm. That's a good question. Uh, I feel like I get a lot of questions around what projects can I do that I, that kind of takes me out of my comfort zone, which can sometimes be a little bit tricky because you have to sometimes go dig for those and you have to ask, you know, the people and, and what do we have going on? But I, I, I probably get that question more often than anything of, Mm of, of, Hey, I understand like this is my job and I have like the baseline going. What else can I do to to work on my skill set? 
I, okay. So let's get our shovel. <laughs> because I want to <laughs> dig around. I want to <laughs> dig on this one. This is a good one. This one is like such a hot topic because I can't tell you how many times. And so just to take a step back, like our perspective on these conversations is usually more on the front end, right? As a recruiting firm, we're helping people on the front end of the relationship identify if those opportunities for projects and work are are there or not. You're obviously in the thick of it. You're fully in the trenches. You're now working with these people once they've been hired and helping them really through you know the whole life cycle of their of their time and tenure at the company. But I think what's meaningful here is just that whole idea of digging and that it kind of takes some work to get at that. I think that there's a lot of people, and I'll just speak to the interview process stage. There's a lot of people who go into the interview process and and feel like, uh, you know, this this job feels really flat, or this job feels really um, one dimensional, or it feels very vanilla. I'm not as excited about it compared to other things I'm looking at because it just doesn't seem to have enough punch. And so, I guess from your perspective, like I'd love to know what you would do with that because. You know, it could in fact be the case that the job is just really flat, really vanilla. Um, but maybe it's also the case that you haven't really dug around enough or or probed or asked the right questions or been, I guess, in, in a deep enough alignment and partnership with that executive to be able to surface those more interesting projects. So, you know, if we think about getting this like virtual shovel out and digging around, like how do you use that shovel? <laughs> how do you probe and, and how do you encourage the people that you mentor to do that? That's a great question. Usually I would say it it really is going to start with working with, so so one of my leaders is the senior VP of sales. And I have worked here almost seven years, I think it is. And within that seven years, a lot of the leaders have actually stayed the same and they have moved up the ladder. And I've had the pleasure of working with them long enough to have a relationship. Now, I don't think you need to work with somebody a long time to start that relationship, just to clarify, but I would set up one-on-ones. I've chatted with them. I've asked to sit in on their team calls. So I've built the relationship and, and have been able to offer assistance, give guidance. Hey, I have some thoughts. Hey, I know you're working on this. Um, like specifically, there was a time where we were having a few issues with folks saying like they weren't, they didn't feel comfortable giving feedback. And these were some of our, our top leaders, quite frankly. Mm-hmm. Um, so I chatted with a few more and and started the conversation around like, if we could do something, like how impactful would that be for you? And they were like, that would be amazing if we could find something where we could learn um, and be more like enabled to have those conversations more fluidly. So I went and found a program through an independent company and brought it back and said, okay, what if we could do this? Would that like strike all the boxes? Would that be helpful? Like, would that help you accomplish your goals? And shockingly, they were like, that would be amazing. So I, um, we did implement that program, to be frank, and it, it actually turned out to be an awesome program that this company led. And it was actually insightful because people will, knowing that I'm willing to kind of step outside of the box and kind of dig a little bit, I do get asked if I want to join projects. Some that, that maybe are just a little bit out of reach, 
but I can still add um, something to it somewhere along the line. And and some of it is I can take it full force from from A to Z without the assistance, but still help make impact within them. So I, I think projects are there. You just have to kind of get in and, and start asking questions about what would be helpful. Could this be helpful? So I heard a couple of really good um, tidbits in that. And I, I think just to kind of um, recap on that, I mean, one thing I heard very clearly is that you asked to get involved. Like you asked to have a seat at the table. You asked to have context. It's very hard, I think, to imagine how you're going to impact a situation that you don't actually understand or have exposure to. So what I heard you do is saying things like, hey, executive, like I'd love to join that meeting or may I, you know, may I be a part of this or this is a conversation that seems you know, really important. Can I be a fly on the wall? Like you're, you're asking for opportunities to observe, not necessarily to interject, but to observe so that you can get the necessary information that you need to make observations, to be able to make suggestions. So that's one thing that I heard. Um, Would you agree with that? Yes, absolutely. I think creating your own path and, and going down that route of kind of politely inserting yourself is, I have learned an immense amount doing that. One thing I, I have heard you say uh, previously, Autumn, when we were preparing for this conversation is that it's really critical for executive assistants to learn how to support their executives um, with the executive's goals always being top of mind. This kind of ties into what we were talking about just a moment ago about, you know, digging around and seeking out context and asking for exposure, asking to be present in conversations or communications that are going to give you that context. Um, but I think kind of, you know, piggybacking off of that, if, if it's so critical for EAs to learn how to support their executives with their executives' goals being top of mind, can you give us an example of what you mean by that and how that, you know, knowing that would impact how somebody supports? Right. So I would say an example of this would be like if but this is true, our goal is 30 percent growth. Right. So then I take the first 15 minutes of each of my day and I review to figure out. What does my executive have going on for the day? Um, Are we working towards the 30%? Are we working on projects that don't support the 30% but seemed like a good idea? So then I go through and I ask myself many times, like, does this support the goal? What else could we be doing? So, you know, I work in sales and sometimes that on a more practical level can look like, do we need deal reviews? So if we need 30% sales growth and we need the deals to close to get the growth, uh, do we need to go in and have executives look at what deals we have and how can we help move them forward quicker? Uh, In the same vein, do we need to have a talent review? Do we have the right talent in place to ensure that we're going to get the growth? So I will usually bring that to his or her attention and say, hey, this this is what we're looking towards. Like, do we need a deal review? We're halfway through the quarter. Is this something that would be beneficial? And and do we want to do it? 
So a lot of it is just throwing out the ideas and the suggestions around how to help assist in our executive success. And who typically is responsible for articulating those goals? Is it that your executive has clarified those things from the outset, or is that something that you guys, that you support in helping them to, uh, you know, really clearly distill and articulate what those goals are? I would say, mainly I would say that comes from our, uh, the executive Mm-hmm. That that was um, our SVPs. That that's the main goal that he had. So mm-hmm. that kind of trickled down to all of his leaders. So it made it easy to have kind of like this is our unified vision. This is the one thing we're going for. Now there's initiatives and different projects that go on underneath those, um, yep. but they they all should be to support the main goal that that he had set forth. Great. So it would stand to reason then that anybody who is coming into a new role or who is looking for that growth mindset or expansion opportunity should really be having those partnering conversations of what are your, you know, three or four most um, urgent goals? What are you looking to accomplish in the next 30, 60 days slash 12 month period? How can I support you in the accomplishment of those of those elements, right? I mean, I, th- I think that's that's really the partnering dialogue. Um, and like you said, it really just kind of um, clarifies where you as an EA need to spend your time and also where you as an EA need to redirect their time and focus. Absolutely. I think yeah. we've all seen our, our somebody come forward with, hey, we have a great idea. How about we do this offsite and, and we're going to X, Y, and Z with the team. And then everyone goes, yeah, that's a stellar idea. And then finally we go, well, I don't, what is that accomplishing? Mm-hmm. It's a great thing. And maybe it's like a shiny object or, you know, maybe it could be beneficial, but we haven't quite clarified where does that fit in with everything. And then sometimes we have to scrap it. We have to look at ourselves mm-hmm. and go, okay, well, that that doesn't totally make sense and it doesn't support it. It's just taking time from the field. Mm-hmm. So that was that was one of the other filters of does this support and is it taking time away from like what the ultimate goal is? Yeah. Well, and I think too, whenever you're trying to lead someone toward anything, and I, I'm I'm speaking more, you know, from from my perspective now of of running my business and leading my team. And I think that clarity of focus is so incredibly vital. And, you know, the more succinct, the more clear you can be about this is where we're headed. This is what we need to hit. You know, everybody's attention and focus needs to be geared toward the accomplishment of X. It's amazing the kind of buy-in and the kind of mobilization you can achieve by really being um, super clear and directive. (laughs) Um, You know, I'm laughing because we had... um, we had a, a goal as well. You mentioned 30% goal. We had a goal as well of where we wanted to, to see this year go. And we also had a very clear, tangible um, reward tied to it, um, which happens to be uh, dinner at the French Laundry, which is this like ridiculous restaurant Ooh. that, you know, do you know it? Yes, yes. Absolutely. Oh, okay. Wow. Even in Connecticut, you guys know about it. Okay. Well, it's it's over here in in um in the Bay Area. But anyway, nevertheless. And so that's been the goal, right? And it's just it's been so interesting because every time we get a little bit closer to the goal, it's everybody goes, okay. Do we have the reservation? All right. Like when are we? How, what's the lead time to get in? And you know, and it's just it's really clarified and really rallied people. So I think like you know, taking that time to really understand 
what your executive is working toward. It sounds maybe obvious, but I, I don't think that it necessarily is. And I don't think that, 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 you know, EAs may, may not always be as assertive on that, on that point as they can be. And again, like if you're looking for going back to the very beginning of our conversation, if you're looking for those opportunities to ask for more, have growth, have progress, have salary increases, all of those types of things, well, then let's let's meet the executive where they need to be met and let's help them figure out and solve the things that are most important to them. Absolutely. It, it, the, the clarifying of the focus is so important. Like one of the ways I judge this is on if I go to my boss and I say, okay, so we're going to do this. And if he says before I do, is that time out of the field and re- and really focused where we want to be before I do, then I know I probably had a slight misstep. Yep. I'm bringing the wrong thing to the table. Yep. You're not in sync. Yep. So for those of our listeners who don't have a mentor, but really want one. <laughs> and Autumn cannot mentor everyone, by the way. <laughs> so if everyone is planning on reaching out to her on LinkedIn, I don't know how realistic that is. But um, for those who want a mentor, um, what should they think about when looking for someone? And like, how would you recommend that they approach that conversation of, of seeking mentorship, whether it's within their company or outside of their company? How, how should they go about that? Yeah, it's a great question. I think. Um... Normally, I, I I hesitate to have somebody call someone and say, hey, will you be my mentor? It should almost be more organic than that. I think the key is to finding folks that are less inclined to tell you what you should be doing versus someone who asks questions to get you thinking. So you need to chart your own path, Right. And then a mentor is just going to help light the path. So I always suggest to find at least two. And one of them should be someone who is charting a course that maybe you find to be interesting or you connect with, right? And then ask them questions, every questions, all the tricky questions, right? Like, were you told no along the way? Like, what was the most difficult part? And did has anyone tried blocking your growth? That's an interesting question. Mm-hmm. Um, and it, you know, the other person really, the others, I should say, should be someone who's doing something amazing, but like in a different field or a different role. Uh, I think the perspective of many will help hone you in on what you want to be doing. And that will help guide you of like how to get there. I think one mentor is is probably not ideal. It's the many conversations you'll have along the way. And you'll find the couple of people who you connect with where they ask great questions and then you think a little differently and, and maybe you change course, maybe you stay the course and like there's a lot of growth within there and somebody who's willing to kind of challenge the conversation you're having. I think that's you know, some of the best pieces of it. I mean, the best advice I have received are not folks that were in a support role. Hmm. It's folks that are just doing something great. And I can start talking to them about how did you get there? And like, how was that difficult? And what was the impact? And would you change that? And those kind of conversations, it, it, it kind of helps to kind of, you know, light that path a little bit stronger. Yeah. And just flipping the, the the question, I guess, in the in the other direction. I mean, what would 
what are your expectations as someone who has given her time and given her expertise to others? What are your expectations of those mentees in terms of how they should show up or come prepared um, if they are going to be drawing upon your time and your knowledge? I only require that they're honest. I think the sometimes the most difficult pieces is when somebody will bring something forward and, and you're kind of, you know, questioning and, and then they kind of are like, it doesn't feel like you're getting an honest response. Maybe because it's it's a difficult subject or what they're trying to tackle. But if, you know, if somebody is not, let's, for example, let's say somebody is not getting a raise and you ask them, like, why do you think you're, you were told no? And if the answer you're getting doesn't feel genuine, that that can be a little bit rough because I can't help. But mm. there's no helping from that that standpoint. Very true. That's like why all of those books talk about vulnerability and... Mm-hmm. <laughs> honesty and getting naked and all of those things that we hear about. Um, and yeah, and Brene Brown and all of it. So yeah, that makes a lot of sense. So I have a final question for you, Autumn, which yes. is what we ask everybody. So you probably know what it is. Um, if you could support, or in your case, mentor um, anyone throughout the course of history, who would you choose and why? That it is such a good question because it actually made me think quite quite a while on this one. I, you know, I ended up with The Rock, Dwayne Johnson. Okay, yeah. tell me and, more. <laughs> <laughs> I won't go with the obvious, but what would it, that be? That he's hot? I don't yeah, know. What are you talking important. about? Right, right. <laughs> <laughs> I think you know he he has this interesting persona right there's he's vulnerable he's exciting he's charismatic he's humble i think i said humble already um but like he seems generous he seems very devoted to his family there it doesn't seem like there's a lot of pretense with him um and his trajectory from of where he started and where he's going and what he says he's going to do is like there's no shake in the tree on that one. So I, I think I would love to support him and just learn from what he has going on. Well, there you go. I mean, that I think that goes back to, again, the very beginning of our conversation about finding your own conviction and, and your own confidence and, um, and really being clear about that um, with whatever you're going to do, you know, whether it's taking the lead on this new project that is being, you know, shifted toward you, or if it's advocating for the promotion that you want or whatever it is, it's really like, you know, having that, that self-confidence and and clarity of where you're going and knowing that, you know, as uh, having that be your, your, your North star. Absolutely. Well, Thank you so much, Autumn, for being part of our conversation today. I really, you know, we we call the program Reach, um, not just because it has the EA in the middle, but um, because we really do hope to help inspire people to reach for greater greater heights in their career, to to reach for um, that inner confidence or voice or or source of um, of growth. And I think that you've given a really great wealth of 
information and um, and ideas for how to how to really aspire and reach for higher things. Um, so thank you. I think this was a really, really valuable conversation. And I know that a lot of people are going to benefit from it. Reach is brought to you by Maven Recruiting Group, who specializes in placing executive assistants and support staff to the Bay Area's most prominent executives and companies. If you've enjoyed being part of our podcast community and are interested in becoming part of our candidate community, we're currently hiring for roles in San Francisco, Silicon Valley, and Los Angeles. You can visit us at www.mavenrec.com to see some of the roles we're currently working on and to submit your resume.